Welcome, my friends, to the show that never ends. This is the Red Bull Ram Podcast, the Red Bull Podcast of Once a Metro and SB Nation. I'm your host, Jason Iapico. I'm Pat McDonald. I'm Truman, and this is episode 140. It takes one to know one to one to one to one to one to one. At infinitum. You know, they say one's the loneliest number. Mm. Well, not so much these last two weeks. No. Or, sorry, last two games. It's, it's been, only been like four days since uh, lots, lots, lots of ones. Yeah, lots of ones. So, uh, yeah. 1-1 uh, draw uh, against the LA Galaxy, which, while most people were disappointed, thought it was a good result, then gave up the same exact scoreline <laughs> to the Colorado Rapids, a team that had only... You guessed it, one win <laughs> into the game. Um, and that one, people were not so happy about, more, even more so than the L.A. match. So we, I think Truman mentioned four points would have been a good result at these two. Yeah. So yeah. Much. Oh, yeah. Um, too daisy. So it was uh, two, I, I would say, kind of lucky draws, honestly. Um, the Red Bulls went down against, uh, I can't remember the kid from, oh, uh, Something Jameson the fourth, Bradford Jameson the fourth, I think is his name. Um, just like a tremendous uh, fake on Chris Duvall, and he put one past Luis Robles to take a lead. Then uh, in the second half, in probably what will end up being the luckiest goal ever scored in uh, the Red Bull season this year, the ball literally deflected off of a Felipe Martins who was trying to avoid getting hit in the face by the ball. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a 1-1 draw against LA. Then last night uh, against Colorado, they gave up a goal off of a free kick, uh, which was admittedly a very good free kick. And uh, True. Robles was kind of stuck in no man's land, having to play the on-rushing guys or the ball and just kind of got stuck. So can't really blame him. And then got lucky in the later in the first half with uh, Sasha Kleshin being pulled down the box and Wright Phillips putting his third goal away. Um Second off the penalty kick, unfortunately. So he only has one in the run of play. Uh, but that was it for that match. So let's get into our likes and dislikes. And like we do, when we have two matches to discuss, we are going to combine them. So we're not doing one and oh. one, one. See? Yeah. We're, we're, yeah. we're trying to... We're, we're, it's a series of ones tonight. That's what it is. Um, Future. So... Two plus two plus one. <laughs> Plus one, plus two, plus one. Uh, <laughs> Pat, you can go first. What did you dislike the most about these two matches? Uh, lost opportunities, and specifically when it comes into the offensive zone. I mean, there are a number in both matches. The Red Bulls created chances. I mean, maybe not nearly as many we wanted to, but uh, and they just. But uh, they they were there and they, they were there for the taking, but they just could not convert. Now, I mean, I think one of the reasons we were a little more positive out of LA is because the chances were denied by some stellar goalkeeping by uh, Hami Pinedo. Um, so it, it's hard to fault the Rebels there too much. But in Colorado, I mean, they had so many chances that and they just did not convert. Um, you know, it, whether it be narrowly missing, uh, and there was uh, one point where. Bradley Ray Phillips, and this is not something you want to see out of your designated player striker, just seemed to get gun shy. He had he had one defender, he had space, and uh, for whatever reason, he tried to play a through ball. Um, 
and it's just like, what are you doing there? So I, I think that's the big dislike of this match is that you don't want to see uh, these opportunities arise and the team fail to capitalize. So that's my big dislike. Yeah, I, it, that was pretty much going to be mine too. We talked about it last week. We talked about it the week before. We're just going to keep on talking about it. It's getting ridiculous. And this was the game we said last week, you can have a game where it's going to cost you. And, man, this cost them big time. Mm-hmm. Because now you're, again, only playing with two days off, and then you have to go to New England. Just, oh, I'll tell you, that, that Bradley Ray Phillips play, I just, that's a head-scratcher right there. I don't know what he's doing. I, I really don't. Grella had bad shots. It was just it was ugly. But since you, you kind of took that one, I'll switch it up a little bit, and that's saying that in both home games, they gave up the first goal. Mm-hmm. So they had to play from behind in both games, and that's just that's not what you should be doing at home. Nope. Especially against Colorado. Come on, man. I mean, I you know, I predicted a one nothing win for last night, and I, was, I said it was going to be ugly. And it certainly was ugly, and they certainly only scored one goal. So I was uh, almost had it right there, but boy, just... You guys, this is supposed to be the big home field advantage, and yes, they still haven't lost, but this isn't going to do it throughout the season. I think we all know that. Yeah, and that actually kind of leads into my just like, um, eventually this team was going to be figured out. I mean, Taylor Twelman basically spelled it out during the LA broadcast. Uh, the way to beat the Red Bulls high press was to string two or three passes together and break on the counterattack. And LA ha- did that a few times. Colorado really did that. I mean, how many times did we see Domin- uh, Dominique Bidet? Uh, I, I, I can't say his name. It's, I, you know, I'm terrible with names. But how many times did they did he end up behind Matt Miazga and Pernell? How many times? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was at it was at least like a it was at least like four or five, and two of them he could have scored if it wasn't for Luis Robles being there, and one of which. The ball trickled towards the post, and thank God it was on the wrong side of the post because if that was, that would have been like one of the worst goals to give up ever. Is Robles saves and it dribbles into the net. That's one of those slow mo no plays. <laughs> Seriously, like, that that, I, I remember I was watching that. And I'm just like, oh god, it's because I I had the feeling it was going to go in. I'm like, this is this is how it's going to turn out. Just the Red Bulls luck. Um, but here's the thing: we eventually the team was going to be figured out. Uh, there's only so long that it's going to, you know, the high press works before people realize you can just sit back and bunker in and hit on the counter. I mean, how many times do you praise Mike Pecky for using the same exact strategy in road games in the last two years? Just sit back and wait for your chances. Right. The thing is, the team's going to have to improve. Jesse Marsh has already come out and said, you know, teams have figured it out and they're going to have to come up with a strategy around it. But my dislike is the end-of-the-world attitude that apparently... The Red Bull fan base has picked up over two game, two draws. By the way, it wasn't even like now. It was. It would have been like if it was they lost to Chivas and Colorado back to back, which I know Chivas doesn't exist anymore. But if they somehow lost like those two teams, two games in a row, then maybe I would be on board with the kind of end of the world attitude. But no, come on, it's two draws. Yes, they were kind of crappy, but it's not the end of the world. This team is still trying to figure itself out. It had a good run of uh, games going, you know, uh, 3-0-1 to start to start off the season. Or I think it was 3-0. No, sorry. Uh, 3-0-2 is what I'm thinking of. Just kind of calm down. It's going to be okay. Uh, the Red Bull, they may lose 
And then losing is not bad because six out of ten teams make the playoffs. Just relax. Everything will be okay. Yeah, and I, I think that kind of almost boils into my uh, my uh, you know like a little bit is that this team is. So I mean, I guess I might as well just say it is that this team still isn't defeated. If anybody read the article that was on MLSsoccer.com the other day, it's that the you know teams to start the season six games undefeated. Uh, they make the playoffs. It's just, it's, you know, there's no reason to lose our minds over this. There was, uh, I mean, I think like you said, there was always going to be a, you know, a sour stretch somewhere. It couldn't always be great. And uh, this team still is very good, and their chances will come. I don't believe Bradley Ray Phillips has suddenly forgotten how to score goals. It'll come. It just might take some time. Yeah, and actually, little mini dislike about that, about Ray Phillips. Uh, I, I know people are upset because he hasn't been scoring in the run of play, but Marsh has asked him to take on a different role in this team, which means that other people have to step up and provide for him when he is not the playmaker. And so far, the Rebels haven't done that. I, I imagine at some point that'll fix itself out, but don't think, you know, eight games in or wh- whatever game we're at, just because Ray Phillips isn't getting the service he got in the last two years. Come on, just calm down. <laughs> Sorry, just a little. You think they're panicking now? Wait until this weekend, but we'll get into that later, won't we? Yeah, we will. All right, so uh, Pat's gonna take off for a few minutes while he uh, does something around his house because apparently uh, stuff's a little important. So Truman, you can uh, step up first with your like of these two games. Well, I guess he kind of already did his like though, didn't he? Uh, he, uh, did, uh, he did, but didn't. So we'll we'll wait till he comes back. But you go ahead. All right. Well, here's my big like. And it should be everybody's like, and that's uh, Felipe Martin's face, because his face scored a goal, and that was uh, <laughs> perhaps the coolest goal I've seen in years. And uh, he definitely favored a tweet I posted about it, because I mean, when you score off your face accidentally, things don't get better than that. That that was just phenomenal. And uh, for his uh, little comedic bow that he did to the southward after the goal was even funnier. <laughs> I mean, he knew he knew that was not intended at all. Uh, but good luck. I would like to wish every Red Bull player good luck for the rest of your China score or something uh, crazier than that because it's probably not going to happen. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. All right, uh, Pat, we, we, we had a little discussion. We don't know if you actually like did your whole like, so do you want to do it or no? Yeah, no, that, that's pretty much it. It's that, hey, look, this team is still undefeated. They're going to make the playoffs. I guarantee it, and uh, there's no reason to panic. All right. That's nice to the point. Um, my... I, I I had something in my head and I lost it. Um, let's see. How, how about the fact that the Red Bulls, for as much as they haven't scored, have been pretty good about maintaining possession? Uh, I know LA and Colorado bunkered in on them, but the Red Bulls had I think it was like sixty-eight point five or something like that percent of the ball last night. Yes, Colorado bunkered in, but you still have to be able to pass the ball to maintain that kind of possession. So even if they can't put the ball into the net, that is a promising sign that they can keep possession of the ball. It's something that they haven't traditionally been able to do, and it's amazing to see. Well, you know, when you have that five-man midfield running amok, you should be able to have a lot of possession. True, but they are having it. That's that's the key, because even, I mean, how many times we say with, like, Rafa Marquez, with Henri, with Tim Cahill, they should be doing a lot better, but they weren't. We have guys in here who at least are seem to be gelling and are doing what they need to do at least to keep possession. Uh 
finishing could obviously be better, but at least we're holding on to the ball and getting some chances. Yeah, and the midfield is still creating havoc, that's for sure. I, I don't think the midfield has really lost its way in that. Like we said, like we've just previously discussed, it's just finishing in the final third, just getting that final pass, you know, and, and uh, putting in the back of the net. But it, it's still a lot of creativity going on. And again, it's still going to take a little bit longer to gel. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it might take one more player at some point in the summer. Yeah, I'm not so sure about that, but I, I want to give it some time before I make that kind of claim. So, um, Hey, Ronaldinho is coming to MLS. Maybe we can get him. Yeah. <laughs> We need more fat guys on the team. Um, all right, so predictions. Uh, I didn't fill in the workbook I have for uh, last night's game, actually, so I don't have complete up-to-date. But before last night's game... Um, so I have it for, Yes, okay. So before last night's game, uh, Truman was still in first, I was still in second. Uh, Robert Caliento... I'm uh, sorry, Celentano. Uh, and let's play FIFA... Me playing the video game, we're still in third. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much nobody was unchanged. I, I think some some people picked up points. Let's see, it was uh, Austin picked up a point. Uh, Jason RBNY picked up a point. Uh, let's play FIFA. Bobby, um, I forget how we predicted it um, at once a metro. So I'd have to pull it up, and I'm not going to do that right now. But uh, I think it was relatively. I think most people predicting wins or losses. So I don't see. Um, actually, I was blind. I pulled it up. <laughs> uh, I, I for some reason I just can't get away from not pulling stuff up. So let's see. Uh, Aaron Bauer predicted a loss, so he's done with that. Anthony Ali predicted a win. Austin, Frank, myself, Jason RBNY, Lester Townsend. Let's play FIFA. Pat, Bobby, <laughs> Shiloh, Steve, Truman. Everybody predicted a win. Nobody thought we were going to draw this game. <laughs> Not that a freaking Colorado Rapids for crying out loud. No, I know, I know. Yeah, that's pretty rough. My uh, former co-host from uh, the Yanks Go Marching podcast I used to host was uh, kind of ribbing me over last night, no doubt. Well, I mean, if I was in this position, I would kind of too. It's, I can't really blame him. Oh, yeah. All right, so um, we asked you guys to write in about what you thought. We had two people come back to us on Twitter. Uh, first one at gods underscore of underscore soccer says happy to be unbeaten deflated with two draws in our homestand should be sitting at top of MLS instead we're treading water truthiness and then uh, Juan Carlos Gutierrez who is at J-A-G Wolverine glad they didn't lose but lost opportunities hopefully it won't hurt them in the future it won't truthiness it won't I mean yeah it does hurt but it, it I mean, well, depending on what you you see that future being. But if it's if playoffs, it, it won't hurt. If you're talking about seeding, though, that could be... It could, it could play in Syria. But, making, but, like I said, with six of ten teams making the playoffs, a draw here is not really going to hurt. I mean, how many how many years has Bruce Arena's attitude been get through the first, like, two, three months of the season and then turn it on because he knows it's all he needs to make the playoffs, right? And it worked out pretty well for L.A., so... All right. Uh, with that, we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have on with us from the Bent Musket, Jay Catanese. We'll be back with more Red Bull Rant right after this. 
Hello, this is Aaron Bauer here for your NYRB2 update for Red Bull Rant. The USL reserve side suffered its second straight defeat this past Saturday against the Rochester Rhinos, who were buoyed by the fact that it was their home opener. The 2-0 loss meant that NYRB2 has not won a game since their April 4th victory over Toronto FC2. And in the past four games, that means NYRB2 is 0-1-3. The team currently sits in 8th place in the Eastern Conference, two points out of a playoff spot. The next test for the USL squad will be on Sunday, May 3rd, against the Pittsburgh Riverhounds at Red Bull Arena. It will be the next-to-last game at Red Bull Arena. Fans will have one last chance on Saturday, May 9th, to check out NYRB2 before they head to the Baker Field Complex in Manhattan. This Sunday's match will take place at 2 p.m., and tickets can be bought online or at the box office. The final match at Red Bull Arena for NYRB2 will take place on Saturday, May 9th, against the Harrisburg City Islanders. Like this Sunday's clash against Pittsburgh, the match against Harrisburg City will be will take place at 2 p.m. As always, go Red Bulls. Welcome back to Rebel Rant. You want to welcome onto the show from the Bent Musket, our returning guest. He was on with us a few times last year, Jake Catanese. Jake, welcome back to the show. Thank you guys for having me. I'm glad that I'm still welcome on this program, despite what happened last November to the Red Bulls. You know what? When well, you... now he's off the show. Hold nice on. No, hold on. Yeah. no, 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 no. He's not off the show, and here's why. Because okay. when, when we posted... The, uh, I, I guess it was, I don't remember if it was the first or second episode of during that New England series. Right. Uh, we had the title, uh, Jermaine Jones is a Piece of Shit. Oh, I remember this. Jake came to our defense <laughs> on SB Nation saying, look, look at the summary of the page, Truman got mad. So because of that, I did. he's good. <laughs> he, under- and- he understood where we were coming from and didn't say anything. <laughs> he could have. No. He could have come after no. us. But no, he, he protected us. He, he backed us up, so he's good. I, I did. And you know what? It's, it's one of those things. There was an, right before then, there was, there was a dust-up with Columbus. Columbus hates Jermaine Jones, too. This is not a new thing. We all understand it. But Jermaine Jones is still my guy, and I still love him. And if he was on your team, you would love him just as much and be on the opposite end of it. So I completely understand. Well, there you go. I didn't like Rafa, Mar- Rafa Marquez either. <laughs> well, I, that's a separate. He kicked, no, you kicked, yeah. Nobody he likes kicked, Rafa Marquez. He kicked, Come on. he kicked Tim Howard. He kicked Tim Howard in the thigh. I mean, there's just you can't. You just, what, what, remember when Mar- Marf? I mean, you don't drink too. Remember when Rafa Marquez re- left the team? We had that podcast where me, Pat, and uh, Zach just opened up beer on the show, right? So. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we celebrated that. That sounds amazing. I, in case you wonder, I think not just you guys celebrated that. I think a lot of people celebrated him leaving. Uh, probably. <laughs> I, I can't imagine very many people were ha- weren't happy to see him go. All right, so uh, let's get into it. Yeah, uh, I actually should look up the new the Revolution uh, record. That'd probably help. I know you. Let me top- tell you, Jay. Let Let me oh. tell you what their record is. Oh, you don't know. You don't know this off the top of your head. Four zero and two. I think. Well, you can't. Oh, I'm sorry. Be four, four, two, and four, two, two, and four, two, and two. Uh, uh, currently on a four, zero, oh, and two run is what I meant. Yeah, to remember say. those first two games? Those first two I, games that they, they didn't score at all. I don't want to remember those games because they were bad, and I was in I was in Yankee Stadium for the second one. So no, I don't want to remember that. But if you guys are gonna bring it up, to be fair, I am. I, I'm trying to be fair because I'm bringing it up. I know that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. You know. 
Flow Star, and the question was going to be, what happened? <laughs> um, I think it's a twofold thing. The revolution started getting healthier, and they started playing at home. And when you have both of those things going on, generally, you're going to play better. Um, there is a 0-0 draw at home to the Montreal Impact. Maybe not the best result, um, but you try playing a game on one hour wind on turf, it's usually not a good idea. And you usually have one of those games in Gillette every spring or so. So the big difference in, I would say, the last two wins in particular has been, I guess, sort of the reemergence of the, sort of the width for the revolution. Um, Chris Dierney missed a couple of games. He's back. He's crossing the ball into the box. London Woodbury, uh, you know, kind of off the FC Dallas scrap heap, makes the club out of training camp, starts back-to-back games at right back, and now suddenly the Revolution have someone just as good at crossing on that side of the field. Um, There's a much better balance to the attack than there was at the beginning of the year, and you're starting to get bodies back in the lineup. Um, Jermaine Jones filled in defensively at center back. Jose Gonzalez expected to be back uh, sooner rather than later. Um... Juan Aguidelo, Charlie Davies, Teal Bunbury all had their first game starting in the same lineup uh, in a 4-0 win over Real Salt Lake, a very depleted Real Salt Lake team. Um, but the last the last uh, few games has been a really good stretch for New England, both offensively and defensively. Now, you mentioned a name in there, Juan Aguidelo, a name that the Red Bulls uh, fans know really well. Yes. He spent... Uh, I think it was like half a year trying to find some place to play that was in England but would not give... Or, sorry, he was trying to play in England, but they wouldn't give him a visa, so he's trying to find somewhere else. Now he's back with you guys and seems to be hitting his form. Um, what is the general sense about him going forward with the with the revolution? Well, I think two years ago when we, we actually traded for him from Shivas USA and he was a revelation in the attack, he seemed to be sort of one of the final pieces to get the Revolution's offense going that particular year. Um, last year, a similar situation, mid-season acquisition, they get Jermaine Jones. Sort of solidifies the midfield, adds a defensive presence and a bite uh, to that aspect. And Now the team, instead of going, you know, now we've made the playoffs, now they make the jump to MLS Cup. Now Aguidelo gets a full preseason, um, gets to get himself healthy, gets a call-up to the national team, and scores a goal for the first time in however many years it's been. So that was great. I think the biggest thing for Juan right now is just getting comfortable, sort of alternating right now between um, left wing and striker. Um, But Davies has been doing such a good job at the hold-up part up top that Aguidelo gets a little bit more freedom to roam around and cause trouble on the wings. Teal Bunbury is strike partner. They can switch and and wreak havoc depending on what the matchups are. it's really going to be something that's going to give not only the revolution balance as far as the right and left side of the field and, and stretching the field, being able to have the fullbacks overlapping, have the wingers come in, um, or the fullbacks pinch in and support. And most importantly, it's going to open up space at some point um, for Lee Wynn to start breaking out and causing significant problems for teams going forward because you can't just focus on Aguidelo or Wynn or Bunbury or Davies, it's going to be a total team effort um, that are going to give a lot of teams, particularly I think in the Eastern Conference, a lot of trouble down the road. 
So since this team is obviously going to go undefeated for us the year, because you just, I think, <laughs> named every player I've ever heard of on the team. Uh, Pretty close to it, yeah. Do you think there's like maybe one like bit huge weakness uh, on the team right now? Right now, going into the season, it was not a very deep team at center back. Yes, Jermaine Jones has filled in. Andrew Farrell has moved over, so he's playing center back. Um, but Darius Barnes is now arguably out for the year. He has, I believe, a meniscus injury. He had surgery on that. So he's very much doubtful for anything aside from the playoffs, I would assume, at this point. So right now, you're probably looking at Jermaine Jones or London Woodbury are arguably your third and fourth string center backs. Um, and that's not a bad thing, but certainly you right now need Woodbury probably on the right flank. Uh, defensively, and you want to move Jermaine Jones into the midfield because that's still his best position. Uh, so it, it's not so much a weakness, but it is an area now with the Barnes injury that does need to be addressed even more than it already did going into this season. Um, but weakness, you know what, at this point, this is a revolution team that we thought going into the year was almost too deep at every position that there were going to be a lot of guys fighting for minutes. Um Teal Bunbury didn't start against Philadelphia, came off the bench, and in 30 minutes he has a goal and an assist. Uh, and being able to call upon players like Kellen Rowe, like Diego Fagundes, uh, Daigo Kobayashi I think is back from injury now himself. He's going to be available for selection. Uh, just having depth at so many positions and being able to rotate out the squad in such a long season I think is going to benefit the Revs not only during the regular season, but going into the stretch run for the playoffs and, and into the playoffs. Um, but if, if there is a weakness, certainly the, the lack of, of center backs now is something that I would assume the revolution would address either in the international market, bringing in a veteran, or what I think is more likely but hasn't happened yet, uh, some type of a trade either within MLS or, or maybe signing an NASL-level player. So you're talking about the, the kind of lack of uh, depth of center back. Um the Red Bulls have been employing a high-pressure um, style of play so far this year, and up until these uh, the last two matches against LA and Columbus, or sorry, LA and Colorado, um, teams haven't been able to really break that. And, and it kind of, kind of beating the high pressure kind of starts with the defense because they have to be able to uh, control the ball and you know put some passes together. Do you think that New England has the quality to beat? the high pressure, and then uh, maybe, like, do you think, how do you think they're going to plan for it? Well, this is, it's sort of an interesting question, because I, I almost equate now, if I know correctly my formations, um, the Red Bulls are now sort of playing uh, their own 4-2-3-1, with Kleshton in the middle, and McCarty and Felipe sort of holding? Yeah, that's, that's it's, uh, I think, <laughs> basically. yeah, that's pretty much what it yeah. is. And I'm sure, I mean, I know you can move guys around. I'm sure Kleshin and McCarty can play next to each other. That's not the issue. Um, this, to me, is sort of the mirror matchup. And this is the matchup that I, as a Revolution fan, probably fear the most outside of a team like Seattle, who's just so good up front and so physical that you just have to figure out a way how to possess the ball and move it quickly. And it's sort of the same way in this matchup. It's not so much being able to break down the other team. It's about try- bypassing, you know, a certain midfield. So if you have, you're New England, you want to get the ball to Lee Wynn where he's already behind McCarty and Felipe and he's now attacking the defense. And that's going to be how you're going to start maybe not exactly a counterattack, 
but that's how you're going to be able to dictate the offensive tempo of the game. Um, unless there's a defensive mistake or someone you know just straight makes a great play and starts a good counterattack, um, you're going to probably see a lot of you know builds from the back style of play from both of these teams. I would expect. Um, I think. If there is a difference right now, it's that I think Juan Aguidale is probably just better than Mike Grella. And aside from that, I look at everyone else in the field, I'm just like, this is a really evenly matched game. And I thought very similar things in the playoffs last year. Um, I thought the same thing about the matchup with Columbus, how it was very mirrored, similar formation, similar style. And now I think the biggest addition for Columbus, they get someone like Kai Kamara. The biggest difference for the Red Bulls is they lose someone like Terry Henry on the left. Can they replace that presence? Grella's done fine, but from what I've seen from the Red Bulls so far, BWP looks a little frustrated up top. He's not getting the ball where he wants it. He's not getting the ball in stride so he can finish. I think that's something where if you can limit the amount of service he gets, now that defenses are focusing on him rather than preventing the service, might be an advantage for teams going forward. Well, so he got the ball where he wanted to, and he passed it off. I'm sorry, Jay. I just wanted to say that really oh, quick. He he got the ball, <laughs> so he decided to just not shoot. So there is also that. Go ahead, Jay. That's, sorry. That's a separate thing. I can't fix that. I'm just saying. <laughs> so you, you mentioned the matchup with Mike Grella, um, and, and I don't blame you for maybe for maybe not knowing this, since obviously you're not a Rebels fan. But um, <clears throat> Marsh has kind of interchanged uh, Mike Grella and Salzazo. I mean, I think they okay. pretty much swapped starts since the beginning of the year. Uh, I don't know how much you've seen of, of Zizzo, but uh, if you can, uh, who do you think would be the better matchup for Agadello? And then I guess in the flip side would be who's the better matchup for the Red Bulls? If I if I in this particular matchup, I would probably want the speed. So I assume that would be Zizzo, but I haven't seen enough of him. This is I think I guess I'm going back. Was he with Kansas City last? Yes, he was, and, Z- and Zizzo okay. is faster than Grella. Okay, that is. I would probably prefer the speed, um, but you also. I think you know the the better advantage. I think is always going to be Lloyd Sam on Chris Tierney anyway. So I think you're going to sort of be overloaded to the right side, um, the red the Red Bulls red side when you're attacking anyway. In that particular sense, uh, and I know Lloyd Sam. I think gave us fits during throughout the playoffs, uh, and I always like watching him. Very similar Bunbury on the opposite side as well more of a, a, I guess what you call a target winger, someone from MLS Soccer coined that last year. Um, but I, I really enjoy watching the Red Bulls play a, a lot more now uh, because they're so good in the midfield. It's just disgusting how, how Sasha Kleshin just came onto that team and just like, oh, I'm playing next to Dax McCarty. This is going to be so much fun for us and so miserable for everyone else. <laughs> and I, me, when I, when that signing had been rumored forever, either Kleshin was going to the Galaxy or the Red Bulls, um, and I just, I knew I'm like, oh, I'm gonna regret this so much. Not because Kleshin's just not naturally good at soccer, he is, but when you have two guys like like Dax and, and Sasha just playing next to each other, they just make so many good decisions, and it's so difficult to force them into mistakes to start counterattacks um, that it's it's a, it's a defensive nightmare for everyone and. Um, you know, I, I think if the Revolution are going to win this win this game, they're they're going to have to figure out a way how to attack the center of the midfield. I don't think they can just win by by sending crosses into the box like they have been doing. Um, 
and getting getting the success that they've had the last couple of weeks, they're really going to have to break down the defense, get multiple chances, force Luis Robles into a save, maybe give up a rebound. Um, poor Jeff Antonella is still having nightmares over the nine saves he made, and he still let four goals by him for RSL. And I thought he was magnificent last weekend. Uh, we'll have to see. I, I think it's it's going to be a great game. It usually is. Um, but I'm still the the one matchup that I still think that the Revolution have gotten better at from last year is is I would say the left wing position, and that's the one position with Thierry Henry retiring that I think the Red Bulls have downgraded at. All right. So before before we we're gonna finish up with the prediction. Before that, you know, you talk about Thierry Henry. Well, he's gone. Tim Cahill, he's gone. You know, the, yeah. the it's not a big name team anymore. So going into this game, who's the one player that you think the New England Revolution really need to shut down? Uh, the obvious answer is Bradley Wright Phillips, but I think he sort of shuts himself down uh, sometimes. I watched him. He seemed very frustrated against Colorado when I saw him. Uh, he went down in the box right before that PK. I was hoping the disciplinary committee would find him for that, but they didn't. Um, but that's just me being a you know, blatant homer, and I <laughs> can't stand that stuff. Um, but it's it, the easy answer for me is always going to be Lloyd Sam. I, I think that's a very difficult matchup for Chris Tierney defensively. Uh, it sort of pins him back a little bit more. He can't go up in the attack. If he does, someone else is going to have to cover, whether it's Jones or Scott Caldwell, Andy Dorman, whoever is roaming around in the holding spot for the Revolution midfield. And he can do everything from that position. He can take you on. He can send it across. He can give it back to Question or McCarty in the middle of the field. And I think if the Revolution are able to contain what I know he can do, Lloyd Sam on the right flank, I think that'll set up the Revs going forward. Aside from that, I just I, I think you just have to figure out a way. Someone's going to have to either make a mistake or a good play. And that, I, I hate to say it, it's cliche to say that soccer comes down to those little things, but against two teams like this that I think are very evenly matched still, that's usually going to be the difference. Yeah, I can't really blame you for that. I mean, I wrote after the L.A. match that all good teams need to have luck at some point, and, and that game was Felipe Martin's face <laughs> being in the right place at the right yeah. time. Um, all right, before we let you go, because we have to keep this one relatively short time, unfortunately. Um, that's your, and this is something we're, we're doing this year, your scoreline prediction for the matchup on Saturday. I'm going to go 2-1 New England. I'm going to give Dax McCarty a goal because I can. And I'm going to say this is this is Lee Wynn's breakout game. I'm going to give him a brace. We've been waiting in New England, hopefully. this. I hope it's this weekend. If Lee Wynn is playing, which we're not 100% sure on that right now. He wasn't at training yesterday. If he's playing, I think this is his breakout game. If he's not, you probably see someone like Kellen Rowe in the middle, who I'm sure will do fine, at which point the goals probably come from the wingers, Bunbury, Aguidelo, uh, maybe Fagundes off the bench. Um, but if there was ever a game where Lee Wynn needed to show up and just wreak havoc in the center of the field uh, against a very good team, this would be it. All right. You heard it here. 2-1 loss for the Red Bulls, according to... Uh our guest, Jake, uh, before we let you go, where can people find you and your writing on the internet? All right. You can go to thebentmusket.com on SB Nation. Uh, you can check out um, the All-American Soccer Podcast, the First 11 podcast, even though we don't do those nearly as often. Um, pick up Soccer Podcast on the AASP. 
Um, hopefully we'll get those uh, going again. Um, I will give massive amounts of credit. Uh, if if you guys are interested in the Women's World Cup, we have a new writer. Her name is Stephanie Yang. She's covering our Boston Breakers team, the NWSL. She's going to be doing a lot of things for the Women's World Cup. She's amazing. You should read her, all the hot takes uh, for the Women's World Cup and the preparation going into that. She's been on fire this month. Um, and uh, we can't we can't wait for that. And uh, hopefully there will be some... Uh, Breakers and Sky Blue FC uh, rivalry posts, maybe. Maybe we'll see about that. And I do have to, I do have to second you on Stephanie. She has had some hard hitting pieces on uh, not only the, the United States women's team but the media about the U.S. women's team. So yes, if you get a chance. Go check out her stuff. It really is worth the read. I will say that. All right, uh, Jake. Thank you uh, for taking the time out to come on our show tonight. Uh, oh, thank you like you said, thebentmusket.com or uh, on Twitter at jcantonese43. Uh, we'll be back with more Red Bull Rant right after this. Welcome back to Double Rant. Once again, I want to thank Jake for coming on the show. You can read his stuff at The Bent Musket. Uh, so, New England Revolution in Foxborough this coming Saturday, uh, May 2nd, 7.30 p.m. start time on MSG. Uh, I have to say, it's nice to have a Saturday night game for the Red Bulls. I just kind of wish it was in New York. <laughs> um, Some, we'll get there someday. We'll get there. Yeah, I think it's like a few weeks away at this point, but... <laughs> Um, so our predictions, uh, Truman, you can go first. What do you think is going to happen in Foxborough on Saturday? Not winning. That That's what's going to happen. Not winning, so that's a draw? Like I said, I, oh, no, no. You thought people were panicking in the last two games. Wait until this weekend when they play first place New England Revolution, because uh, they're not that terrible team with half their players hurt that they were early on, which I'm sure we totally discussed with our guest Jake. Uh, two nothing loss. And the fans are going to absolutely lose their minds, even though it's not going to be a game we should panic over. But everyone is going to panic because that's, you know, so Red Bull fans do. They freak out. I just, I don't like, again, another, the third game of the week and you're traveling in a place where they've won once in uh, 312 years. So don't get your hopes up. Yeah, 2 nothing lost. And then we moved on to play uh, the other crappy blue team. Uh, I'm a, you know what, there's, there's times in Red Bull Rant history where Uncle Pat needs to, like, calm everybody down. So I don't think, don't get me wrong, I don't think the Red Bulls are going to win. But I also don't think they're going to lose. I think they're going to come out angry at missed opportunities from these past two games, and they're going to play, and they're going to dictate the pace again. I think that's something we're, we're, uh, going to see regularly from this team. And uh, I believe that they will actually walk out of New England uh, with a 1-1 victory. Uh, I mean, it's a team that's right above them in the standings, so they know they're going to have to play their hardest. And um, I think we're going to, uh, you know, come out of there with a draw. And, you know, drawing in Gillette is nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, that, that that being said, uh, if Truman's prediction comes true and they lose, yeah, the people are going to lose their minds, even though that makes no sense. All right, I must have completely missed it. What did you say your prediction was, the score line? One one. One one, okay. Why, well, just keep the train going here. Exactly. Yeah. 
Um, That's just keeping the train rolling. Gotta keep it rolling, baby. So I, I, I think this might be a first where I'm the optimistic one out of three of us, if I'm not mistaken. I was optimistic, sort of. I, I, I'm talking like full optimistic here, where I'm actually going to predict a win. I, I, oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. going on that ledge. What, uh, t- what tasty, heavily uh, laced with alcohol beer are you drinking this week? Um, since we're recording this a little early, I haven't been drinking yet, so oh. I don't know where this is coming from. He's making this prediction sober. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think it'll be a, a runaway victory, so it's not going to be like 2 nothing, 3 nothing. I think it's going to be, let, let's say 1 nothing. They like sneak a goal in somewhere around like the 80th minute and manage to hold on for the rest of the game. Uh, I, I imagine that New England's not going to bunker against us, especially at home. Uh, surprisingly, when Colorado came out that way to start their match, um, even though the Red Bulls held possession, they had some problems against a team that actually wanted to press them back. So I, I can expect New England to come out a little bit like that, see see what they can do, especially with some better players. Um, I, I, st- I think, though, that the Red Bulls' defense – and I'm and I'm making an assumption here that Kamar Lawrence is going to be playing on the left instead of Roy Miller. Um, as much as Roy Miller's been good for this team, uh, he is not in form at the moment, and we were kind of lucky against Colorado with him. Uh, it was early on in the match, I think it was, where he just like completely gave the ball away in the defensive third. Like there's just no reason for it. So I imagine you know like Lawrence and Zizzo and some of the guys will come back, and so I, I see them sneaking out with a one nothing victory, uh, late goal to steal it and uh, actually have two years in a row where they won at Gillette. For, or sorry, not actually at Gillette, sorry. But yeah, two straight years they're going to win in New England. It's my bold prediction. Well, good luck with that one, Jay. Good luck. <laughs> good luck with that yeah. one. Yeah, Godspeed, buddy. <laughs> put, the, put the crown on if that happens immediately. You just it's, the, it's a belt, not a crown, remember? No, no, no. I'm not talking about the title belt. I'm just talking about a crown. Oh, okay. You're not getting the belt yet. Can't get ahead of yourself. Yeah, well, uh, I'll get a crown then if I get this right, just just to wear during podcasting. Right. It could be like a BK crown or something. Yeah, why not? Do they, do they still make BK crowns still? I, you know what? I don't know. They should. Uh, uh, I I kind of – it's going to sound kind of weird. I kind of miss those crowns because when I was a kid, I was all about the crown. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, hey, anybody from Burger King, if you're listening, I'm, I'm willing to take one for a little uh, – an ad read or two. Just, just throwing it out there. Hey, Burger King, if you want to give us money, we'll wear them during the show, even though it's an audio show. That's true. Look at Cookie Yeah, and uh, if I remember correctly, um, one Mr. Maeve Martinez said he would join Red Bull Rant if we got a new hat for him. What better hat than a crown? True. Good call. See? I'm, I'm thinking ahead here. It's the, it's the long con. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Uh, some other news that came out this week, it was actually on Tuesday, because why not announce this news the day before <laughs> Red Bulls game? Um, the Red Bulls, we, we already knew they were in the International Champions Cup, the preseason tournament that's apparently trying to take itself a little too seriously. Uh, they'll be pl- they announced the uh, matches that the Red Bulls will be playing. So this is a little wonky, so stay with me here a moment. Um the Red Bulls will host at Red Bull Arena, Chelsea on July 22nd, and FC Porto on July 26th. Uh, in addition, they will also host a match between ACF uh, Florentina and PSG on July 21st. 
Now, the way this works this year is, uh, in, in the last two years, the ICC was kind of a, like a single elimination tournament kind of thing. Now it's like a group stage event where it's just whoever has the best record wins. But here's the interesting wrinkle to this. The matches that we just played against San Jose and LA count for our standings in the ICC. What? <laughs> Booyah! <laughs> So here, wait, so here's where it gets even more interesting. The tournament rules state that a team gets three points for victory. In the event of a draw, the match will immediately go to a shootout. There is no extra time, just a shootout. The winner of a shootout gets two points. The loser of a shootout gets one. Now, since LA and New York played to a 1-1 draw and MLS does not enforce a shootout, the Red Bulls therefore only earned one point from that match when they couldn't theory have earned two if there was a shootout. He was robbed. Was so that ho- hockey rules? <laughs> yes, pretty much. Um, so therefore, as of this moment, the New York Red Bulls lead the ICC with four points. That ICC Cup's going to look nice against the Emirates Cup, next to the Emirates Cup in the trophy case, baby. You know it. It's just the weirdest thing ever. Um, for the rest of the teams, they play three games each, which is... Now, why the two games between San Jose and LA count in that case, I have no clue. Mm-hmm. Um, because MLS. I guess. But, like... Oh, I guess maybe it's four games, because Manchester United is playing four games when I'm looking at this schedule. Uh, it is four games, sorry. Everybody else plays four games, so that's... Okay, that, that's fair. But here's an interesting wrinkle I we, I was talking to the once a metro guys about. Teams such as Chelsea and Man United will not play each other in this because there are ten teams, and everybody's playing four games. So eventually, teams are not going to play each other. There's a tiebreaker with, like, head-to-head, goal differential, goals for, goals against... What happens if a te- two teams are tied that haven't played each other and tie on the rest? We have no clue. And honestly, it probably doesn't matter. But it's just kind of funny that they take that, like, go through the process of coming up with these asinine rules and then don't think of scenarios like that. It comes down to a little Rochambeau, but four out of seven <laughs> wins. Uh, what was it? Um, oh, shit, potato sack race and alternating Sundays until the winner is crowned. Sure, yeah. Let's go with the sack race. Agreed. I'm down with that. If, no, if you anybody, anybody gets that reference, by the way, I want you to tweet at Red Bull Red with it. We should go even better. We should go even better. They should go by XFL rules. Remember the coin toss? Where, yeah, like, run two to players, the ball. Two players have to run for the soccer ball, and whoever gets it wins. And it has to be top-rated players. Like, Messi has to be out there. Yeah. <laughs> and Messi has to wear a jersey that says, he hate me. <laughs> But I don't know if you heard the other interesting wrinkle about the ICC. I hope we're getting to what I want to talk about, Pat. I hope I hope you're going to bring it up. Maybe. I think I think we might, and okay. I think we might have differing opinions. But uh, the ICC falls at the same time as the quarterfinals of the Open Cup. <gasps> the horror! The horror! <laughs> What are we going to do when we don't make the uh, quarterfinals of the Open Cup anyway? <laughs> what are we going to do if it, if, it, if, it, if it goes against the uh, untelevised tournament that makes no money and nobody watches? What are we going to do? Well, I, I have to disagree with you here, Pat, because I think that the Red Bulls 
should play a game in front of 300 people in an untelevised <laughs> game that no one cares about and not play in a game in front of a sold-out stadium where the team stands to make a lot of money. Money! And, you know, I am glad you guys brought this up before I did because this was definitely on the docket to talk about. One, chances of Red Bulls advancing in the tournament. Slim as always. <laughs> Two, if they advance, I have the feeling that U.S. Soccer will work with them to arrange the schedule so they can get the game in. Three, don't care what anybody says. You're not going to have an A-plus a lineup in the Open Cup. You're not going to have an A-plus uh, lineup in any of these games, even the friendlies. No, it's not, not at all. Have, and, and people believe that they're like, oh, well, the Red Bulls are going to play all their stars. What stars? Who? Who on the Red Bulls are, are, are like, the casual fan running into that stadium to see? BWP? No. Dax? By the way, happy birthday, Dax McCarty. You know? Who? They can just play – they can play a mix of A and B guys. It doesn't matter. Go, all right, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say for these fucking people to yet again throw these shit fits about, about – you know, over friendly matches, which, yeah – they are silly. They mean absolutely nothing. They're not the way you can get into the, uh, you know, the Champions League tournament. But they make money. That's what they're there for. And sorry they're on these certain dates, but, you know, the European teams, like these big teams, they only have a certain amount of time to work with when they come over here. And unfortunately, until MLS is like the Premier League, we're pretty much going to bow to their whims when it comes to schedule. Major League Soccer and these teams will rearrange to accompany this. That's just the way life is. Sorry, you just have to suck it up. And come on, I mean, really, what, maybe one or two starters will play 90 minutes in these games, but right. I mean, when is the last time, you know, the Red Bulls trotted out an A-plus lineup at a friendly, played them for the full 90, like as if it was a real game? I mean, even the Emirates Cup, they played scrubs at times, you know? I mean, yeah. if you recall... John Rooney made an appearance in the Emirates Cup. So, I, I mean, it's like people are losing their minds. And, and like I said, they're not ma- you said it too, they're not making the quarterfinals anyway. Uh, so let's all calm down. And, and you know what? And, and I've said it in the past. I've said it before. You want to get people to care about the Open Cup? Fill the stadium. Until you do that, it's not going to matter. I'm sorry. It, 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 money talks, you know? Right. It has to be a concerted effort between team, television, U.S. Soccer and you know everybody to actually make this cup meaningful, like it is the FA Cup and it's the all the you know in Spain and everything else. My, it's, it's unfortunately it's just not, and that's it sucks, but it's just not. My my suggestion: if a team, either the Red Bulls or Red Bulls two, happen to make it to the quarterfinal, and it is you know it's on that date, double header. ICC ticket includes the U.S. Open Cup. You may not get you're not going to get everybody to stay, but maybe five thousand. See, I mean, what are you talking about? Like in that when the oh, wait, oh, that other on. friendly match takes place, it uh, doesn't involve the Red Bulls. Uh, actually, never mind. They can't do that because those are week, those are weeknight games. Never mind. Whatever, do it anyway. Who cares? Maybe, maybe convince maybe convince U.S. Soccer to make that game a Saturday game. And we'll head it with the with the um with the friendly. Just start flopping. What's Mary? We're gonna get to the commentary, everybody. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a. I'm sharing the podcast with the niece and a nephew right now. Uh, that, uh, that guy's a GI Joe killer man. Anyway, um, so uh, uh, basically, 
Uh, wrapping up the Open Cup, I am fully for New York Red Bull 2 going for the Open Cup win. Yes, thank you. <laughs> there was only one. There was only one down here five minutes ago. Now there's two. It's getting it's chaos. And you, you knew you were doing something, so they had to come down and bother you. <laughs> it's it's how it works. Uh, I was saying to these guys before we got on the air that I was trying to take a nap uh, because I, I work very 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 early, and um, you know, and it's as soon as I start to fall asleep, it's like bang. Bang, clang, and it's like, okay, all right, this isn't happening. <laughs> so, yeah, but uh, they, they happen to be here because uh, my brother uh, just had another child, so they're here. So, yes, that's a race car. Oh, cool. All right. Uh, I'm going to mute you guys continue to talk. <laughs> well, I, I, I think we're good now, actually, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think there's anything else on the agenda. Uh, I guess... There's stuff for me to talk about. Oh, oh, oh. there we okay. go. There we go. Sorry, we're, go- we're going off. we're going off book here now. All right, Truman, what's up? Good. Listen, last week I brought you TFC as the uh, god-awful team of the week. Oh, I forgot about that. I got to start forgetting the agenda. Sorry about that. I got to start forgetting the agenda Listen, from now on. the Philadelphia Union are, are – I'm sorry, Rich, but they are in the crosshairs, and he saw it coming. Now, they didn't suffer the worst loss of last week. I believe that was uh, Real Salt Lake getting whipped by uh, New England for nothing. But, wow, is Philadelphia's goalkeeper god-awful. If you saw the goals that he gave up, it was like me out there playing goal. I might have done a better job, and I am terrible. Because it was, it was awful. And he had the little Peter Check foamy hat. So he was like the complete opposite of Peter Check. He had the hat, but he was just really, really bad. And they got absolutely embarrassed. Embarrassed by Columbus, who no one should be embarrassed by. Because it's the Columbus crew. I don't care what the record is. Come on, you're just going to embarrassed by a team in yellow. So, I, I'm sorry, Rich. Uh, I'm not sorry for the rest of the Philadelphia fans, because the rest of you can all burn. But uh, you are the my god-awful, terrible team of the week. Um, spe- speaking of bad goalkeeping, and I wish I didn't have to say this, and I give him, I'm, I'm not blaming him completely on this, but Ryan Mara had a howler last week. Oh boy, did he ever. Did he ever? Now, I the problem is I haven't seen a full like I didn't go back and watch the condensed match to see what happened, so I just picked it up from like right where he was trying to save from going out of bounds. So my assumption is that there was a back pass involved because why else would Ryan Mara go out of his way to save a ball from going out of bounds, especially one that would have resulted in a goal kick? So I'm assuming mm-hmm. there's a back pass, a bad one at that because Ryan Mara had to basically go down to the. 18, the, the border of the 18-yard box to try to keep this ball inbounds. He did it, but and I forget who they were playing, but a guy jumped right on it, and there was no NYCFC defenders anywhere by him until the ball was going past the line. So, I mean, he had a howler, but the defense didn't help at all. No. He also made some incredible saves later he, on in that game, he too. He did. He did. He made some incredible like he, saves. He saved them. It was just... Unfortunately, the one bad play that cost them. So, no, they're not good. That's, that's plain and simple. All right. Uh, anything else to add before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, I guess we might as well talk CCL. Uh, I guess I guess it's time to practice the tired old mantra of MLS: wait till next year. You know. <laughs> Uh, I mean, come on. I mean, Montreal. Good lord. How do you? I mean, I, I you know, I don't think Club America would have scored. That first goal, if uh, Evan Bush was there, uh, it, the 
their makeshift keeper kind of took a bad angle on it, and that that really was when the tide turned. But uh, you know, it, it's um, it was it was definitely disappointing. I mean, I've read a couple of articles like when is MLS going to uh, take over CCL? And, uh, you know, it, 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 and they all pretty much come to, okay, uh, and they're all going to, um, <laughs> this is not easy, uh, <laughs> going to, um, you know, it, it's, it's when they open the pocketbooks, and until they do that, it's just not going to happen, and, and, you know, at this point with the CBA running until 2020, I think it's a bit naive for uh, MLS fans to assume. Uh, they will uh, be doing it anytime soon. But, hey, you know, stranger things have happened. But, um, you know, I, I, again, it's I've been harping on this time and time again, and it's, it's a bit tired now. But uh, in, if you are serious about being a top league, if you're serious about being the top league in North America, uh, got to open the checkbook. Simple as that. And until that happens, uh, we're just going to walk away with more disappointment. It's a shame because they went, they went with a stadium-wide TIFO, which was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I I can't say I'm disappointed because I wasn't all about the MLS for Montreal thing, but I, I I get the if you want to win at CCL you have to open the checkbook and that it makes hundred uh, percent sense to me. So oh well, unfortunately there's nothing we can really do about it now. What you gonna do? Yeah. All right, let's wrap this one up before Pat gets warned by uh, his nieces and nephews and just unable to even like communicate to us that he's around. Um. You can visit us at oncemetro.com slash Red Bull Rant. Help us support the show, patreon.com slash Red Bull Rant. If you want to email us during the week, redbullrant at gmail.com. If you want to call us with your opinions, 973-348-5329. Facebook.com slash Red Bull Rant on Twitter at Red Bull Rant for the show, at once underscore A underscore Metro for once Metro, at Dr. Stooge for myself, at PMACD2 for Pat, at the Truman for Truman. You can subscribe to us via iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or at SoundCloud.com slash red hyphen bull hyphen rant. And PSA time, uh, the new feeds on iTunes and Stitcher are up. Just search for Red Bull Rant. That is all the title of the show is. The old one should be like the Red Bull Rant parentheses audio or something like that. Um, the old feeds will go dark at the end of May. So make sure it's ah, over now. You, uh, you lose us. Yeah, I signed up, so you should too. And if, if Pat can do it, anybody can do it. It's true. I mean, <laughs> you, you really shouldn't expect me to do stuff. All right, last words before we get out of here. Yeah, good luck, Red Bulls. And, uh, yeah, win. Sure. Yeah, Rebels, win. Uh, let's do this. All right, for Pat, Truman, and myself, this was episode number 140. That's right, 140 of the Red Bull rant. Thank you guys for tuning in, and as always, go Red Bulls. Peace out. Lates. Look at all the good guys.